So as you know, we're currently in the middle of a series um, which is called When Pigs Fly. Now, Phil started off the series um, with the miracles of deliverance, which talked about God's power over evil and how um, God has that. Uh, Second week, we had Rebecca, who spoke about um, miracles of healing um, and how we can have healing in our lives. This week, I get to talk about miracles of provision. Good one. I feel like I got an easy one. I feel like Rebecca got a bit stitched up there with a hard one. So... Um, what is your definition of provision? What, what, what do you think of it? Think right now, what do you think provision is to you? You got something in your head? Well, I looked up in the Cambridge Dictionary, so we have a slide, just in case you know. It's very simple. Provision is the act of providing something. So today I'm talking about miracles where God provided. Now, my, one of my first experiences of I'm not going to call it a miracle of provision, but provision is when I was in year 12, um, I was the first out of the Salvo kids in my area to get my license, which I was like, yeah, how good is this? I can go wherever I want, pick up my friends, do everything. It's the best thing ever. Now, the problem with that was my mum was the officer at Port Macquarie at the time, and she thought it would be such a good thing for me to use my license and my newfound freedom to be the taxi driver for the other Salvo kids around the area because we all lived in a little cul-de-sac. So I was the school bus, pretty much. I used to take all the kids to school, pick them up, drop them off. Now, pick, pick up was pretty good usually. I would pick them up, they're half asleep, so we'd get in the car, boom, drop them off. Every time that I came back to my car, I'd park it. They all knew where my car was, the blue Kia Cerato, beautiful car. Uh, They would see it, and I, being in year 12, would always finish a little bit later, talking to teachers or something. Yeah, I was always later than them. And I would always come out of the tunnel and turn and look at my car and just see them all there. They were always doing something to my car. They were either on the bonnets, climbing on the roof. They all wanted to be shotgun. Everyone knows what shotgun is. Yeah, they wanted to be in the front seat. So they were all pushed around, holding onto the handle, waiting for me to unlock the car. So sometimes I'd unlock it without them seeing me and then someone would get in there waiting but then they caught on to that. So they would just start holding the handle and just ripping it, waiting to see when I'd press the button. I'm amazed that my car's still alive. I haven't got to the provision yet, don't worry, I'm getting there. So then I would take them back and like we had band, kids that were in the band and then they would be, I don't know why, but I let them choose the songs sometimes as well. So they'd plug in their uh, phone and then they'll be like, oh, let's listen to Kingdom Triumphant oh, it's going to be amazing. And I'll just be blaring that through the speakers and be singing windows down. Yeah, I heard a laugh from the band people. You know Kingdom Triumphant goes forever. Um, and they're blaring it and then firing the blood or something and just screaming out of my car and going nuts. And this is after me being in year 12 studying all day. I would finally get home, drop them all off, emotionally, mentally, physically drained from a five-minute car trip. And I would open the door... And I just needed something to get me back. And I just smelled the waft of baking banana bread. Oh, yes. Yes, it's good. And that was what got me through. That is my first experience of provision. Every time coming home and mum having banana bread baked right there for me. But it might surprise you that I'm not just going to talk about banana bread for the whole of today, which is probably good, but some of you are like, oh, if you brought samples, I would have been down for that, yeah? Um, but I looked into the Bible to um, see what 
the Bible says about miracles of provision. And a couple of things uh, came up. The first one was when God guides, he provides. It's pretty simple and it has a nice ring to it. When God guides, he provides. So you look all throughout the Bible. If you look through Exodus, everyone knows Exodus where God uh, delivered the Israelites from Egypt. God guided Moses back there and guided the Israelites out. Now, if we look in um, verse, uh, chapter 13, verses 21 to 22, it says, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. Does that not blow anyone's mind that God would do that? Is there not a more perfect example of how God physically guided people? He guided them out of Egypt, used a pillar of fire. Now, it goes on later, if we go to chapter 16, verses uh, 2 and to 4. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Oh, you need to know a bit of background. The Israelites were super, super happy to get out of Egypt, but pretty instantly they started complaining because they were in the desert. And Moses and Aaron had the absolute privilege of helping to lead them. Uh, verse 3, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted, but now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. God guided and provided. God brought them out of Egypt. They're complaining they needed food, God provided, they trusted in him. If we go to chapter 17, so we've got uh, from verse 2. So once more, the people complained against Moses. As you can see, they complained a lot. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us? our children and our livestock with thirst. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai, strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Another example of how God provides. I'm not sure who God's providing for here, if it's the Israelites or Moses with all their complaining, but God provides. It is so clear. If we go to 1 Kings chapter 17, if I can find it. Chapter 17. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe, I can't speak, so just if I'm pronouncing it wrong, don't worry. In Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by Kerith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravers bring for you. I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kerith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, and for there there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Uh, the story goes on later, and Elijah is looked after by a widow that God sends. But it is clear throughout the Bible, throughout history, 
God has guided his people and when he has guided, he has provided every single time. Every story of need in the Bible has been met with God's provision. And I, I think that's amazing. And I th- we can't, I, I can't grasp how trustworthy God is. He, we worship a God who provides. I think that's amazing. I don't know about you guys, but it's awesome. The next thing that when I looked into the Bible about what miracles of provision and what things we can learn from it uh, is when you turn up, you get fed. Pretty simple. If we look at the feeding of the 5,000, they got fed. They were there. Jesus fed them. But an interesting part of the story actually happens before. So uh, John the Baptist has um, been executed um, and Jesus is understandably upset. So he is traveling by boat across to escape. Now, it says if we read in Matthew that as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat, boat, remember that, to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Boat foot. Doesn't really work. Jesus was escaping on a boat across a lake. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever seen a lake or my view of a lake. It isn't small. And if you need a boat, it's probably pretty big. So the fact that these people followed on foot, and I'm assuming they didn't walk on water because I feel like we would have heard about that. Jesus was escaping on a boat. They had to run all the way around. Jesus did not make it easy for them, but they turned up and they got fed. We also have um, another story. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have heard about George Mueller. No? Who's seen VeggieTales? Yeah, oh, that's a good number. He, his story actually features in an episode of Veggie Tales. Um, so he was born in the 1800s. He lived a very questionable lifestyle. Um, and he, he would pay out Christians. He would purposely go to church just to uh, shout stuff and annoy people. Um, and then he actually went to a Bible study to do exactly that. And he saw the faith and the love of the people in that Bible study and within a week, he gave his life to God. Is, is that not amazing? The, the true love of people and people fully devoted and faithful, within a week, seeing that community can change someone's life. I think that's amazing. But he kept going. So he felt to be called um, to be a missionary by God. And he... Um, so his father was very much against that. He was paying for him to go to college um, and he withdrew all financial um, funding around that. Um, so George decided to keep going to college because he felt like he needed to do that to be able to um, become a missionary and to teach. Um, so with complete faith, he went back, no money, um, and he just fell to his knees um, and he prayed that God if you really want me to be a missionary right now, you're going to have to provide for me because I have no money, I can't get through college. Um, Within an hour, one of his college professors comes up to him and offers him a fully paid tutoring job. Crazy. So he's allowed to go through uh, college and um, after uni, um, he's from Germany and back then they had to serve in the military if you're healthy. Um, 
George became really sick and almost died. You might not say that this is provision, but it allowed him to not have to serve in the army and he could go become a missionary quicker. Um, He then became a pastor in England where he wanted to um, be a missionary and they used to sell the front row seats um, for money, all the um, good seats for the real godly people. Um, And as you see, if we did that here, we'd be making a lot of money right now. (laughs) So good. Um, But he decided to not do that anymore and not accept a salary from the church at all and trusted God that God would provide. And God turned up and kept providing. Um, He was walking the streets home after, I'm sure, an amazing church service that he um, ran and he saw children everywhere running around. And he felt on his heart that God called him to uh, start orphanages. So with no money, with nothing, he again fell to his knees and prayed and said, God, if you want me to do this, you need to provide for me because I've got nothing. And donation after donation kept coming in and he was able to build these orphanages. I even have an extract of one of the stories um, in uh what happened in the orphanage. So it says, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food for them to eat, the house mother of the orphanage informed George. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food and waited. God knew, George knew God would provide food for the children as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep. Somehow, I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and baked three batches for you. I will bring it in. Soon, there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. The milk would spoil by the time the wheel was fixed. He asked George if he could use some free milk. George smiled as the milkman brought in ten large cans of milk. It was just enough for the 300 thirsty children. When we follow and turn up to where God is guiding us, God will provide. The ultimate faith of George throughout his whole life, and you saw the amazing things that he did because God guided him to where he wanted to go and George turned up and he got fed. He got to experience the great provision of God. Now, George didn't just turn up to places to get fed. He prayed and that was what was turning up. There's, we need to be open to turning up if we want to get fed. God's provision isn't always prosperity, though. I think this is sometimes uh, a hard thing to hear that when we think, oh, God will provide for us, we think it might be abundantly and we're going to be rich, we're going to live in a beautiful house and the grass is going to be beautifully green. (laughs) Um, But in my experience, that is definitely not always the case. Um, God might guide you to be a business person, be the head of a company and be prosperous um, and then that gives you the opportunity to share that wealth and to whatever that might look like but there's also um, you can also be called to not as successful and not money and not a nice house and really struggling but God will always still provide God you will never go without what you need In all the stories, if we look at uh, Elijah, he was being fed meat by ravens and drinking out of a brook. It wasn't a three-course meal and whatever you want to eat. It was 
just what he needed. We look at the Israelites, it was manna from heaven, it wasn't anything special, it was exactly what we needed and when they needed it. Uh, So I think that is an important thing that we need to be ready that God isn't going to necessarily provide prosperously, but he will always provide what we need. And it is up to us if we want to turn up and get fed and be rewarded with other things such as the purpose that God has for us or if we decide to go down the money track. And I can say from my experience that 100% I would choose to follow where God is guiding me. Uh, So the third thing that I realized from looking through the Bible for these miracles of provision is, it's pretty simple, when you don't turn up, you go hungry. Very simple, goes along with the last one. Um, I think one of the biggest mysteries in this whole story of feeding of the 5,000 is why on earth would Jesus create 12 baskets left over? He he, He knew how many people was there. He created enough for everyone. Why would he have 12 left over? Did he lose count? Did, was... Did, like, I, I don't know if you've catered for like 5,000 men plus women and children, but that's a lot of people. Like, I think we could, it's understandable if he did lose count and just create a little bit extra, uh, just in case. Um, but I think the 12 baskets is a perfect symbol for us about what the provision of God is. So, the story says that the crowd followed Jesus into the wilderness around a lake while Jesus was on a boat. It wasn't easy. Do you think anyone hesitated? Do you think anyone thought, or what, what are we going to do for dinner? One thing that surprises me is where on earth were the mums in this scenario? Where were the mums that say, okay, guys, you're going to go listen to Jesus. Okay, remember to bring your coat and this and this and remember dinner because I know for sure that's what my mum would have been doing. But I think the fact that so many people went and disregarded that, shows the true faith that we need. There is no doubt that people stayed home because of the lack of preparedness, preparation, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, I believe that the baskets and the food left represent the missed opportunities of the people that decided to not turn up. I think that is a powerful image for us. Um, I'm going to invite the ensemble to come up and play Uh, some nice music. Um, I think this is a challenge because we have the opportunity to be two people in this story. We can be the people who disregarded everything, who saw Jesus, who saw where he was guiding and follow with true faith, or we can be the people that stayed home, missed out on getting fed and miss out on all these opportunities. Now, I don't know what you would like to do, but I know that I want to be the person that strives after God wherever he guides me, in whatever situation, whether it is walking across the room because I see someone there and I feel that feeling in my stomach that I need to talk to them, whether it is a change of career, I think, God, what I don't feel purposeful in what I am doing right now and I want to honour you with everything. In any situation, how big or how small, I want to follow where God is guiding me so that I can 
experience his full provision. So the baskets show us that God has enough for everyone, every single person. His provision is enough for everyone, but it's up to us whether we decide if we will turn up. What would you have done? Which person in the story are you? Would you have chased after Jesus into the wilderness or would you have stayed home in your comfort? Don't miss out on the experience of God's provision. It's up to us. God has enough. He's waiting there for us. He's got the basket. He's got the food ready. But it's all up to us whether we fully trust him and want to go after that. Uh, We're just going to listen to a song. Uh, It's called Providence, Uh, one of my favorite songs. Um, And in the bridge, it talks about um, how Jesus' way, God's way is higher than us. He, He knows where he's guiding us. He has that in his head. He knows he's got a plan where we, we, we can't understand that. And it's just a leap of trust. We have to fully trust him where he wants us to go because we don't know. So as we listen to this, you can sing along if you like. Um, think of the times in your life when maybe you're not going to go get the food. When are times that you're not fully trusting God and following where he guides you to experience that provision.